episode 217 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I want to get in here and record this one pretty quick. A couple doors down from from my place, they're they're doing some construction work, so I think they're I think they're on their lunch break. So going to try and I, I had the intentions of this being a pretty quick podcast. I, I do want to read an excerpt from a fantastic article in the New Yorker um, about Stranger Things and the Kate Bush song. But before I get there, um, again, always thrilled that you're listening. You know where to find me at the Spiritual Spiral Podcast or Eddie Cohn on social. It's incredibly helpful if you share the show with your friends. Maybe write a review on iTunes. You know, I have a new book on Amazon called SSAFY. It's available now. You can head over there to Amazon or head over to SSAFYoga.com. Got my guitar here. Been playing, been playing a lot of guitar lately. Been writing a lot of new music. melody I have. excited about playing the guitar lately and contemplating and thinking about a couple points before I read the uh, article about Kate Bush and Stranger Things. So I'm, I'm sort of writing some new music and I was in my home studio recording the acoustic guitar yesterday for a new song, not this one, a different one. And I spent, it's weird, I'm, I'm pretty good at the guitar, but recording a guitar to a click, having it sound natural but also be in time is really challenging. And I'm getting better at it. And I probably spent about three, four hours yesterday recording just one guitar part from beginning to end. And I took a break and then I listened to it last night and I realized I think the tempo of the song is too slow. You know, it's, it's at like 136 BPM. And I don't know, I, I just felt like it was still a little slow, so I'm going to have to re-record it today at 138 tempo. I'm going to bump it up a little bit. And, you know, I could manipulate the program and sort of automate it, but it does sort of affect the guitar a little bit. It does alter the sound. It's, it's probably so minuscule that most people wouldn't notice. But it's something that I want to re-record. So it may take another few hours just to record one guitar part. And so you contrast that with this frenetic, fast-paced world that we're living in right now where everything is so immediate, everything is so right now. And what's getting lost is the arduous, 
meandering, very slow nature process of creativity. And I don't want you to be fooled into thinking that you're not good at something. You're not good at guitar. You're not good at being a creator or an artist if you're not moving or producing as quickly as the world wants you to create. It, it just it moves so fast. Social media, the news, the, the incessant, nonstop pace of information. It, it will, if that's all you do, if that's all you consume all day, it will seep into your brain. It will, it will trick you into thinking that that is normal <laughs> and that it's not. And I, I don't know, I bring this up because I really, I talked a lot with my last guest, Brett, which will post next week, but I really try and resist the sort of mechanical, phantasmagoric world of, of tech and social media. Of course, I use it, but I really think it's important to pay attention to your day-to-day -day life and, and how much is tech and your phone and social media a part of it. Even after you post something, how much are you thinking about your post? after you post it. I mean, speaking from experience, it's, it's why I resist the trend to post pieces of me playing the guitar, new songs, because when I do, I do think about the reaction. I do think about um, what, what's, what are people going to think? And, I, and I, it's funny, it's this tricky game. I personally see friends. I have friends of mine where I see whether it's their social media team, whether it's their own decision, I see them embrace social media because they are suddenly posting every day or every other day or their content becomes a little bit slicker. It's become clear to me that social media is becoming more of a presence, a, a priority in their life. And this doesn't make them bad people. Um. But I do think it changes the, the bloodstream, the, the, the brain waves, priorities, what people think about in their day-to-day -day life. And right now, I am in the midst of trying to create some new music, some new songs. And I, of course, am thrilled and excited about it. And I want to post videos about it. But I am so far from any of these songs being done. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing? You know, where's the chorus? Is the song even make sense? What am I trying to say? I don't want to be influenced. I don't want sort of this, this intimate, very personal process that I'm going through, although I'm talking about it right now. I feel like social media will corrupt that innocence, that, that intimacy of, of what I'm going through right now. This, to me, talking about it, um, actually feels pretty intimate as well and freeing. I feel um, like this is almost therapeutic, just getting out my frustrations or my process, my talking about my process and what I'm going through as an artist and trying to make sense of these songs actually feels good.
it doesn't feel like there's a magnetic um, uh, pulse pulling me away from, you know, the guitar and drawing me to social media and memes and emojis and reactions and algorithms. And I, I don't know, I, I, I sort of get a little sad sometimes when I see people are being drawn into that intoxicating world of social media. Even when I was doing a PR campaign for a few of my music videos the last year or two, it's been maybe 18 months now, you know, my PR companies were very adamant about posting every day on Twitter, Instagram, stories, TikTok, every day, 10, 15 times a day while you are putting out new music. And um, maybe this is aging me. I, I think, you know, I certainly am not resisting my PR company to, just to be um, contrarian. I just know that I get exhausted and I don't sleep well and I don't feel as energetically alive. I feel exhausted if I'm in the midst of writing, creating, but then also incessantly posting on social media sites as well. Um, I don't like how I feel. And there is something to be said about, you know, living in a world where Artists just create. They only spend their time creating. But now, inversely, uh, we live in this, this sort of very confusing world where artists are being asked, art, artists are being forced to pay more attention to their social media and putting themselves out there. And, and what is that doing to the intimate space of creativity? You know, people that I look up to immensely, you know, Barry Weiss, for example, she's a, a writer, podcaster, but I see her on Twitter. I, every time I turn on Twitter, she's replying and commenting and, you know, how is she navigating the emotional turmoil created by social media and knowing what people think? How is your writing, how is your creative process affected in your day-to-day -day life if you're juggling social media congruently with your creativity? Do, can they live together healthful, uh, healthfully? I don't, for me, I don't think they can. Sort of like maybe one day a month, one day a week, I will record some videos that I know that I'm going to be posting on social media. But to interrupt my studio process, creative process, uh, with videos, I, I just, I can't do that. What, what's, what's your process? Like, are you even aware that tech and social media disrupts your creative space? Is it all become sort of one? I, and I think that's sort of the tragedy of it all. When, when I see that social media has, you know, snuck its way into the studio, snuck its way onto the stage, snuck its way into every aspect of your life. Um, I, I find there to be tragedy in that. I loved, I loved this fourth season of Stranger Things, although I didn't love the last 
half hour of the last episode, it just felt like it was um, disconnected. They didn't know how to end it. But I did want to talk about what's getting, you know, I guess I'm probably a little bit behind here by a few weeks, but, you know, Kate Bush's song, Running Up That Hill, was, I think that's what it's called, uh, his, was used um, overwhelmingly quite a bit in this season. It, it sort of became the song that represented this this season. And, you know, a lot of new young fans, uh, young people are being introduced to Kate Bush, which is potentially fantastic. You know, if, if, if the music supervisor uses a Led Zeppelin song, then gosh, if more kids are aware of Led Zeppelin right now, I think that's a fantastic thing. But this article in The New Yorker, entitled Running Up That Hill with Kate Bush Again. What's lost when TikTok and television shows shine a spotlight on old songs? It's in The New Yorker. And again, this is something I want you to think about. How, how creative, how active, how curious can you be if what you are being fed is algorithmically driven? You know, if, if you are not opening up a newspaper or calling a friend and asking them, you know, what's some new music? What's a new show that you're watching? If your path is only driven by algorithms from a computer program, how deep do you think you're going to go? I, I question the depth may be limited if it's strictly driven by but if it's strictly driven by an algorithm like for example i'll just personalize it and i don't know if this really um defends my example but this will just show the flaw of an algorithm so i have a new book ssafy sexy spiritual af yoga AF stands for as fuck. And AF has sort of become this, this slogan over the last three to five years that's become very um, kitschy and very contemporary. And you see it a lot on t-shirts. A lot of celebrities say it. So I my title is SSAF Yoga. Sexy spiritual as fuck yoga. And then the, the, the headline below that is what you can do to feel sexy and spiritual in your yoga practice. So Amazon, their algorithm, you know that they just, they don't obviously read every book. They don't understand satire. Their algorithm placed my book originally under erotica, <laughs> under the erotica category. You know, if you open my book, uh, I, I write about uh, private parts, but I don't use those official words. I use these sort of slang versions of the words and make fun of it. And the whole book is completely satirical. It's humorous. It's parody. But their algorithm is not able to recognize that. So I had to call Amazon and get on the phone and, and we sorted it out. And now the book is under you know satire, humor, uh, culture, but if, if we rely on the algorithms to lead our lives, I don't think it's, it's a good trend. It, it's, there are flaws 
in, in, in being led by the algorithm. And, and I gave you one example, but I also question and wonder how just one's innate ability to be curious is affected if they are continually being driven or led down paths that are controlled by Netflix's algorithm, Amazon's, Instagram, you know, how natural, how human, how human can you be if your day-to-day life is led by an algorithm? Which then leads me back to this article. Um, Her name is Corey Baton. Plenty of mysterious factors contribute to any given song's popularity. And again, I, I love that word mystery. You know, what, what has happened to mystery? It's gone. We need everything spoon-fed nowadays. But the reason for the newfound ubiquity of running up that hill is clear-cut. The song appears during a pivotal, intensely melodramatic scene in the fourth season of Stranger Things. I mean, honestly, that song ends up being played throughout the whole season. Um The scene that features running up that hill represents an emotional milestone in Stranger Things, and it's been screen-capped and memed and reposted to oblivion. As a result, Bush's running up that hill has achieved an unprecedented level of belated exposure, and its appearance on Stranger Things has produced a cascade of attention that even the cleverest of viral marketing professionals could not have hoped to engineer. Running Up That Hill is now one of the most streamed songs on all streaming platforms. New versions of the song are proliferating on TikTok. In her heyday, Bush was the sort of experimental artist whose unorthodoxy actually helped her popularity. And from the early days of her career, she was commercially successful in the UK. This is what's what's so interesting to me. Her debut single, Weathering Heights, was the first UK number one that was both written and performed by a woman. Still, she never fully managed to cross over to the U.S. charts. The funny part here is Running Up That Hill became her first American top 10, not when the song came out, uh, but 37 years later after the song's release, thanks to being uh, used in Stranger Things. So here's the main point from the article that I want to share. It's tempting to see this phenomenon as a refreshing exception to social media's bias, a serendipitous detour through memory lane that creates a mini avalanche of attention for an old song. It is genuinely delightful when, un- when old songs bubble up in unexpected ways, and yet there's something a little disconcerting about a once-in-a-generation artist like Bush being removed from the larger backdrop of her strange and singular vision and accidentally refashioned as a viral event. There is a magic in discovering and exploring her work, magic that is difficult to access when all you've done is simply turn on the most popular television show in the world. The the, the art of discovery and curiosity is gone in almost every case now. It's, it's paramount for you to just take notice this week how much your decision-making 
is actually not yours. Your interest in something may actually not be yours. It's potentially okay if it's, I I would argue if it's, you know, from a friend or something that you read or from just this sort of innate curiosity that you have towards something or someone or a piece of art. But how much is that curiosity being uh, usurped or tricked by the algorithm, by technology? Pay attention to that this week. You know where to find me. Eddie Cohn, Spotify, YouTube, social media, the Spiritual Spiral Podcast, uh, my book on Amazon, my music on Spotify. Any questions, please send them my way. Again, remember, please write a review on iTunes for the show. Maybe share it with your friends. Appreciate you listening. I'm going to get my guitar here and the show. guitar as always thanks so much for listening supporting and being a part of the downward facing spiritual spiral podcast